There can be no doubt that all of us, without exception, if we want to grow deeper in our love for Jesus, we will face rocky roads, and we're going to face bumpy bumps along the way. And the difference between those who keep on climbing and go deeper in the love for Jesus and those who don't and staunt their growth are the ones who allow the rocks to be a stepping stones, not obstacles. How you view these obstacles is of vital importance. Now, I can promise you, as a man who have been seeking to grow in his love for Jesus, we all face barriers. We all meet many distractions. We all encounter temptations. All of these things are really designed in order to stomp our growth, and they are designed to divert our attention from loving Jesus with all of our hearts. So the question then is this, how do I overcome these distractions and diversions? How do you use these obstacles as stepping stones rather than hindrances? We all must respond to them one way or the other. One way or the other. Every one of us are going to respond to these one way or the other. From my experience, I saw many Christian believers who allowed these distractions to stunt their growing love for Jesus. Some might say, well, Michael, how does this happen? Well, we all start our walk with Christ when we become born again. The moment we discover this incredible revelation that Jesus loved us and died on the cross for us, and then we experience the forgiveness of sins and the assurance of eternity with Him, when we come to that moment, I think none of us would deny the fact that we have fallen in love with Jesus because we were overwhelmed by His love. But then somewhere along the way, we hit a wall. Whatever wall it may be, and there are many walls, it could be financial wall, or it could be a relationship wall, or it could be illness wall, whatever it may be. And so what do we do? We begin to focus on that wall and get distracted and allow our love for Jesus to cool off. Now, I promise you, if you stay in this condition of getting distracted, you will see your love for Jesus stunted. And before you know it, your love for Jesus begins to cool. Other things have taken their place. But the opposite sometimes is true. Sometimes, listen carefully, sometimes prosperity and blessings can work the same way as a wall. And we begin to take our eyes off the blesser, and then we focus on the blessing. And our love for Jesus cools off nonetheless. You see, these are Satan's way of distracting us in both the pain and the prosperity, in both the sunshine and the deluge, in both abundance and lack. That's why Proverbs says, neither riches nor poverty. These can be obstacles or cool off our love for Jesus. But in all cases, the answer is repentance. In all that, 
The answer is to retrace your steps. The answer is to discover where you have fallen and get up. The answer is acknowledging of sin, not hiding it or rationalizing it that causes that distraction. The answer is the renewal of your love for Jesus. That's what the answer is. If I walk down these aisles and would ask you about the distractions that you have experienced in your life that has cooled your love for Jesus, probably you can come up with ten things. But in order to think in terms of three categories, and then there are a lot of subcategories that you can fill in the blanks, okay? Three things. First of all, the inability to accept correction. Secondly, the unwillingness to grow and change. And thirdly, the susceptibility. We're all susceptible to confusing the journey with the destination. The inability to accept correction. I can hear someone saying, well, Michael, what is this inability to accept correction got to do with my growing love for Jesus? Great question. (laughs) There are very, 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 very few people who have the unique gift and ability to see themselves as they really are. Very few. Most of us have that uncanny ability to see ourselves as we want to be. We want to see ourselves as wonderful and lovable and perceptive and clever and knowledgeable and, boy, people just waiting with a bated breath to hear our opinion on everything. (laughs) Read my lips. That's a fantasy. (laughs) Most people imagine themselves as they want to be, not what as they are. I don't think there's a single person here with not agree with the fact that arrogance can keep us from growing in our love for Jesus. But the question is, how do I know when I'm arrogant, right? How do I know? (laughs) Most of us don't discern when we are arrogant and prideful and self-sufficient. Ah, that is where a good and godly brother or sister in Christ comes in. My beloved friends, listen to me. You cannot love Jesus in isolation. You cannot love Jesus in isolation. The Apostle John makes it very clear in all of his epistles. He said, our love for Jesus is evident in our love for the brothers and sisters. The ability to accept correction from godly friends moves a huge obstacle in our growing for love for Jesus, and going deeper in our love for Jesus. But as you know, I'm always try to be realistic. None of us enjoy correction. Our natural reaction to criticism or correction is very predictable. She never liked me anyway. He just wants to humiliate me. Who does he think he is? She knows nothing. I'm not going to listen to her. Let me stop here for a reality check. There are some 
who are professional critics. There are some who are controlled by a critical spirit. There are some who criticize everything and everyone all the time. You know what I'm talking about, right? There are some who just criticize in order to score off points of us. These are not the kind of godly friends I'm talking about. Please, don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about a genuine, real, honest, loving, affirming correction. Why? Because genuine, loving, affirming correction leads to self-examination, and self-examination is going to lead you into growing in your love for Jesus. Correction, and not just blind criticism, must always be exercised in a mutual caring and commitment environment. Correction must always, always, always be exercised in an atmosphere of affirmation. Do you know that when our Lord Jesus Christ hung on that cross, He was affirming us and criticizing us all at the same time? Did you know that? On the cross, He was affirming us by saying, I love you, and I'm paying the price for your sin." On the other hand, he was rebuking us and saying, it's your sin that hung me on that cross. It's your rebellion against the holy God that has put me on that cross. And that's why we have the rebellious anti-God forces who do not want to be rebuked or affirmed, want to remove the crosses from public eye. That's why they want to remove the cross. For those of us who have been redeemed by that cross, for those of us who have been forgiven by that cross, to us that very cross says, yes, it is a great rebuke, and it is criticism for our sin, but thank God it's also affirming us and assuring us of His love for us. To refuse to accept the genuine correction is to refuse to comprehend the depth of God's love for you and me. I showed you in the last message that failing to comprehend the depth and the width and the height of the love of God is going to stop us from growing and loving Him back. A loving correction is like what Jesus does. He often permits brokenness to come into our lives, as He did in my life in 1990. I'll never forget it, in order to rebuild us stronger. He permits wounding in order that He may heal us and strengthens us, like a, a loving surgeon who would cut us, but only to remove the cancerous tumor. Hear me right, please. Non-loving criticism destroys people. Let me repeat this. Non-loving criticism destroys people. That is why it must never, never, never happen in the family of God. And so, its willingness to receive godly correction is the secret for your growing in love for Jesus. Secondly, it's your willingness to change and grow 
is a vital ingredient in the deepening of your love for Jesus. The Lord Jesus often talked about seeds and sowing and planting and growing and harvest. But if the seed is not growing, most likely it's because it was sterile or dead seed. Growing is about change. Now, I'm not one of those people who say, change, all change is good. I'm not one of those people. Some change is good, some change is terrible. I'm talking about growing and changing as you grow deeper in your love for Jesus. I know, I know, I know there are some people who just detest change, right? I know that. I know there are some, many people actually afraid of change, and many people want to cling to the past, any past. But Christian believers, more than any people on the face of the earth, we are to champion good and godly change, especially the change that comes from our growing deeper in our love for Jesus. Why? Why do we lose our love for Jesus? We hit one of these walls, and it stymies our growth. I read about the time before the discovery of America. Spain had a coin, and in that Spanish coin, there was an imprint below the pillars of Heracles on that coin, and it read, Ne plus ultra. Nothing beyond, or nothing else beyond. But after Christopher Columbus discovered America, they've changed. They got rid of those coins, and the new coin read, plus ultra, more beyond. And so it is the same with our daily growing love for Jesus. Whatever height you attain, there's more. Whatever level you have reached, there's more. Whatever depth you have experienced, there's more. Whatever length you have gone to, there is more. There's more. Say it with me. There's more. And so the inability to accept correction will hamper your growing love for Jesus. The unwillingness to change and grow will stomp your growing love for Jesus. Finally, thirdly, confusing the journey for the destination is always, always, not sometimes, always will stomp your growth in love for Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. The truth is, we're all susceptible to this temptation, including your pastor. We're all susceptible to the temptation of wanting to swim in the world's water and of wanting to eat the world's food and wanting to drink the world's wine. And that, my beloved friends, listen to me, is the biggest barrier for growing in your love for Jesus. You either see yourself as a citizen of this world with passing interest in heaven— Or you see yourself as a traveler passing through the strange land. And let me tell you, it's getting stranger by the day. (laughs) It's getting stranger by the day. Ask yourself the question, am I a traveler or am I a settler? Am I a renter or am I a landlord? (laughs) That does not mean that I'm recommending that you put on white robes head for the mountains, and wait for your spaceship. (laughs) 
Not at all. Not at all. Jesus clearly prays to the Father that high priestly prayer in John chapter 17. And he said, Father, I don't ask you to take them from the world, but to keep them from the evil one. Loving Jesus deeply, growing in your love for Jesus daily, experiencing greater depths in your love for Jesus. All that means that you love what Jesus loves. The Word of God, it tells us very clearly, Jesus loves redeeming sinners. Jesus loves reconciling repentant sinners with His Father. Jesus loves seeing the lost be found. Jesus loves to lift up repentant people from the mud of sin and the world. That's what Jesus loves. Let me repeat this. To love Jesus is to love what Jesus loves. So many Christians fall in the trap of wanting Jesus to love what they love. Hello! <laughs> they really do. They want Jesus to love what they love. Please, please, don't fall for that trick of Satan. The Apostle Paul told the Romans, do not conform, but rather be ye transformed. What does that mean? Don't conform, but transformed. Instead of conforming to the world's standards, you be a transforming agent. Instead of adopting the cultural thinking, you transform the cultural thinking. This whole thing about conforming and transforming hit me so hard several years ago. And I met with a man whom I've known for quite some time and to be strong in his walk with Christ. At least I assumed that. I knew he had some influence. I thought it was godly influence. And when I met with him, he began to let me know that his biblical views are changing. I must admit to you, my heart sank inside of me. I had this kind of sick feeling of what's coming. Then he said, I'd no longer view practice of homosexuality as a sin. He said, I no longer view the Bible to be without error. And then he went on and on and on. I must admit, when I was alone and left his presence, I sat there and wept. Please listen to me. Conformity to the world's views has been working inside of this man for years. It's been a slow process working on the inside of him. First of all, it began to cool his love for Jesus, and then began to cool off his love for the Word of God. Until any semblance of faith in him become frozen. What happened? He began to conform to the world's standards. He began to conform to the world's standards. He began wanting to be liked by the world. He began to confuse the journey for the destination. Conformity to the world's standards is relentless in its pressure. It is very slow in its molding and shaping our thinking, but molding and shaping it does, and it will. Question, how can anyone claim to love Jesus when they confuse the journey for the destination? 
Ask yourself that question. Please ask yourself that question. Another question you need to ask yourself is this. If I die today, and I'm looking to Jesus in his eyes, and I'm looking to him face to face, will I say to him, can I say to him, Lord, I have loved what you loved? I pray that you'll answer that question to yourself before the day's out. Now, my beloved friend, please listen to me. I'm about to finish. Why do you wait until you hit a wall in your life before you recognize that your love for Jesus has grown cold? Are you ministering, you're serving, and you're doing all kinds of Christian things? Why do you have to wait until you hit a wall in your life before you recognize that your love for Jesus has gone by the wayside. Oh, listen. As I said, you might be doing good things, serving in committees and ministering and doing all kinds of stuff, or boards and all kinds of good stuff. But deep down, deep down, your love for Jesus has grown cold. I know that feeling. I pray none of us would stay in that. I pray that everyone today will say, Lord, I will not refuse correction. Lord, I'll not refuse growing and changing deeper into my love for you, Lord. I will not focus on the journey and confuse it with the destination. Help me, Lord. I will not allow any of this to freeze my growing in love for you deeper every day. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.